holidays, they are a coming, and you know what that means. Your calendar is about to blow up, and your schedule is about to go into overdrive big time. Oh, you think you're busy now? <laughs> you sweet, naive thing, you. Have you not been through this before every year of your whole entire adult life? Well, we're not here to chide you. We actually mean to offer you some encouragement today. And actually, that encouragement is really going to come from our lovely, lovely guest, Melinda Fuller, who wrote a book called Obedience Over Hustle. And we have invited her back because she was so, so encouraging last time. And if you heard that podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, well, then now you know. And you want to hear that one too. But for now, let's welcome back Melinda. So glad to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me back. It's so great to be here today. Oh, you are always a welcome presence. And like I said last time, we needed to have you back because there was a few things we needed to talk about. Um, but but before we do, so I just have to know, um, you were traveling, I think I think you were in Texas last time we talked, so I, I hear you're, you're still that away, but you're a little closer to the ocean this time? Yeah, we are in Southern California, sunny Southern California right now. It's nice. beautiful, yes. Nice, nice. So, so life in the forty-two foot uh, RV is going pretty well then. Yeah, we're doing good. We, uh, yeah, still kind of feel new and still learning, but loving it. Looking forward to spending our first round of holidays in the RV, which is going to be fun. Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, yeah, we're doing well. Awesome. So, here's my question. My first hard hitting question for you. So, are you going to decorate a tiny tree or? Will you go around and decorate the trees of the forest across this great nation? I need to know. Because both sound like cool options. We are definitely doing a tree. Um, my husband being an Oregonian, you know, we have to have a real tree. And so we're thinking maybe like a small potted tree um, or something that it can either go in the tabletop or that's small. And then I did bring a very small box of some decorations um, just like a couple things for the mantle and then some activities, some read aloud books that my kids love pulling out every year and, um, like Christmas puzzles and things like that. So yeah, we are definitely planning on decorating. Nice. Nice. So well, small, minimally. <laughs> yep. The minimalist Christmas. I love it. That sounds like a whole other book that I'm sure is probably in the works somewhere. So. <laughs> yes. And those Oregonians, I hear they have pine needles running through their blood. So, Yes, they do. They're very strong believers that you have to have a real tree, and I'm okay with that. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, needed to know that. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's stop the lollygagging. Let's get right to it. No stupid games even. We're just going to go straight to the substance. Now, previously on the Isle of Misfits, we left off our conversation with a promise of talking about a little something you like to call radical obedience. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I want to hear a little more. And I and I have to admit, like that, my setup might have been a middle. Ugh, my setup might have been a little misleading. Uh, you know, because I, I promise comfort and joy and a stress-free holiday season, and those two things don't seem to jive. And yet, somehow, I think this all ties in. So, talk to me. Talk to us. What do you mean by radical obedience? 
Yeah. Um, well, just in general, the idea in my mind is like a wild call for us to say yes to God, regardless of what he's asking us to do. And I think that's what most people um, assume or associate with giving their lives to Jesus. Like it's this, I will follow you to the very end. I will do whatever you ask. And then kind of along Except, the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, along the way, it's like, oh, but don't ask me uh, to clean up this part of my life or to change this part of my life. And don't ask me to confer on these issues or ideas or whatever. All right. Behavior. Yes. I'll do anything. Yeah. Just not, not that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, that's what it, that's what it is. So is God asking me to, you know, give up something, change a behavior, admit an addiction, get into counseling to radically overhaul our budget and giving, um, be honest about where my marriage is at, be honest about my health situation. Like all of those different things, those are a radical call to obedience because it's going against what is the norm and against what other people, even main, like mainstream Christianity would say, oh, you're okay in that area. It's a call to give everything back to the Lord. And so in regards to the holidays specifically, <laughs> um, you know, something that I've talked to several people about is just like, what is it that God wants your holidays to look like? Because it's really easy for us to, you had already said these things, like overpack your schedule and overpack your, um, you know, holiday list of things that we have to do. Tradition says, or this is the way we've always done it. And And my question is, well, is that what God wants for your holidays to look like? Maybe he doesn't want you to be involved in all of the things that you've always been. Maybe he wants your giving to look totally different. You know, maybe he wants you to go and serve with your family at a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen instead of spending the money on the lavish vacation that you always spend on and that's your tradition. Or maybe he wants you to invite somebody new to your Christmas table and into your house for Christmas or, um, you know, like the list can go on and on. So when I think about radical obedience through the lens of the holidays, that's what it looks like. What is it? that God is asking us to do this year. And and maybe it might not look different, but I think more often than not, we're guilty of not even asking the question or inviting God into the conversation. Well, yeah, because, uh, and see, here I am, here I'm interrupting you, but, um, and, and actually it's, yeah, it's a good segue because the word that comes to mind is, those things are disruptive that you're talking about. It's very disruptive to the norm, and that makes us uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, but Jesus didn't call us to live a life of comfort. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> yeah, so, um, like, I know for me, okay, so we're living in a trailer this year, and so obviously our holiday routines and traditions kind of been tossed out the window in a lot of ways. Um, so there's some things that I feel like are going to be the norm for us no matter what but a lot of things are going to look different for us this year just because we're not going to be around family and friends and we are not going to have like the normal people sitting at our at our table um and something that we 
started doing several years ago when we moved away from family the first time, um, actually when we moved down to Southern California, was we opened our home on Thanksgiving to anybody else who was, a, we called them a transplant to the area, who didn't have family. And so for Thanksgiving, for several years, our table was filled with other people who had moved to the area for a job, who weren't going home to be with family, who didn't have family in town. And it was always like a rotating group of people. Um, but it made it really beautiful. And, you know, I love to cook and I love to open my doors. And so it allowed me the opportunity to love on friends or neighbors or people who were new to the area who were going to be by themselves on the holidays. And that's lame and terrible. So um, I think asking the Lord, like, what is it that you want my Thanksgiving table or my Thanksgiving day to look like? You know, maybe it's cooking dinner early or celebrating on a different day so that you can do some sort of service project with your family. Um, or maybe it's making a, making dinner and taking it to a family in need, um, to the neighbor across the street that, you know, they live by themselves. They're an elderly person and you know that nobody's going to come and see them on Thanksgiving or, you know, as you're getting ready, all those wish lists are getting, um, prepared for Christmas. Like, what is it that you want to teach your children and your family about, you know, um, generosity and God being like the most generous father? Like, how can we emulate him and um, model that for our friends and neighbors and coworkers and our communities? So all good questions to ask. They're all great questions to ask. And it prompts me to actually, I want to land on this. Well, not land, but I want to camp here for a moment because yeah. I think this is really important. What you're talking about is is how to play out traditions. And on the one hand, the culture that we're living in now, you talked about transplants and people who are transient. And we're, in a way, more transient than ever. Yeah. And I think that between that and the busyness, that's kind of chipped away at tradition and, and we feel that right so christmas the holidays are that one time a year where we want to dig in no we need tradition that's the thing that grounds us so so we fill up our schedules and we want to do all the things to you know just get a whole year's worth of tradition into you know like four weeks or however right. long it is now um but so on the one hand we have this deep-seated desire for roots and tradition. But on the other hand, even that has gone the way of crazy, right? So, yeah, so how do we pick and choose which traditions are are the ones? And and I think you've already kind of answered that, but it's worth circling back because I know how some people are thinking right now. Yeah, I think obviously it's, uh, you're asking the Lord, like it's, it's a continual conversation. It's okay. Where are we at this year? What's our budget? What does our budget look like? You know, last year our family had like a major, um, employment shift right before the holidays. And so we need to, we needed to like go through our budget with a fine tooth comb and go, okay, what are things that, you know, we always do that we need to maybe not do this year just because we need to trim our budget. And so I think, you know, if there's um, new family members, new jobs, new geographical locations, like if there's been a major shift in your life in the last couple of years, then it's a perfect opportunity for you to sit down and look at the budget, 
look at the calendar, look what's just like going on in your life and think about, okay, if I add all of this to my plate, is that going to make me um, more the person that I'm trying to be this holiday season? Somebody who's full of good cheer and full of hope and full of the magic of Christmas. You know, or is this just going to make me somebody who's run ragged, exhausted, cranky, and crotchety because I can't get everything done on my list and my kids are begging me for all these things? And like, what is it? It comes back to intention of the heart. Like, what is it that I want my home, my heart, and my family to look like this Christmas or this holiday season? Um a good friend of mine recent, uh, within the last year, I listened to her. She's teaching a group of students and she said, you know, in our ministry, we don't have rules because rules tend to make us very uh, rigid and it's hard to break free from them. And then we end up operating out of a spirit of legalism. She's like, Mm -hmm. well, we have our rhythms. And so the rhythm of what we do ebbs and flows depending on, you know, what what pace we are operating out of and what our budget looks like and all those things. And so, um, yeah, like for, for our family specifically, one of our rhythms is that we go to a service on Christmas Eve and it's been there for years and years. It's not ever been the same service. (laughs) Um, It's been on a different day. Um, It's been very traditional. It's been a variety of different denominations and backgrounds. It depends on where we live and who we're around and and what those people are, you know, used to attending. Um, But for us, that's something that's been really important. So it's not like a hard, fast rule. Like I have to go to mass at 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve but it's, we're going to take time to celebrate like the sacred part of Christmas and, and what it really means for us as a family and as believers. And so I think, you know, we can be good gift givers if that's a rhythm for us, but that can ebb and flow depending on what your financial situation looks like and whether you're traveling for the holidays. You know, when I go back to Canada to see my family for Christmas, my gift to them is the fact that I'm taking time off work and spending a fortune in airfare and car rentals and all of those things. And then instead of doing gifts for all my family, we put money into activities that we can then go and do together and create memories. So, um, and, and I know that's not everybody. There's a lot of families that do the same thing year after year after year, and that's fine. But defining that for your family ahead of time, I think, is really important so that you don't just get sucked into all of the should do's and have to do's and obligations. Um, and, and then you're just losing the joy of the season. Oh yeah. So, okay. Let me see. In summary of what you just said, rhythm overrule, really interesting. I want to talk more about that. Um, but then you also said the word, you said it, I was thinking it. And at the moment I thought it, you said it, you said the word intentional to be intentional. Right. And we talked about that a lot last time because, okay, here's the thing. It's, and it makes so much sense when you think of it this way, but so many of us approach uh, Christmas. There's one of my favorite lines from, um, I think, you know, the the national lampoon Chevy chase Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas vacation is mom's talking to the daughter. She's like, 
Aubrey, it's Christmas, and we're all in misery, right? <laughs> so, and it's like, that's the rite of passage, right? Because it's not Christmas unless everybody's miserable. And yet you're, you're here to tell us, Melinda, that it doesn't have to be that way, that we can actually intentionally choose something else that comes not out of these rigid rules, but comes out of rhythm, and I'll admit, you know, I hear that word being bandied about a lot, and I, I'm kind of a mocker. And I've made fun of that word just because I think we toss it around. But you're saying it with intention. So yeah. I want to talk about, so rhythm. But where where does the rhythm come from? Like, you know, the rhythm of our own, you know, marching to our own drummer. Be, and, and again, you've already answered this question, but I want to be crystal clear when we're saying rhythm. Where does that come from? Yeah, it's an intentional thing. It's what is it that you want your family or your life, if you're a single person, to look like? So, you know, if you want to be a person who's um, known for generosity, like if that's like a core um, a core belief of yours, then that is naturally going to become a rhythm of your life. Like in our family, like gratitude is a natural rhythm because having a heart that's postured towards Thanksgiving, like that's something that comes out in the overflow of our daily life. So Thanksgiving as a holiday looks different year to year, but on the day to day, we are constantly talking to our kids about what does it mean to be thankful? What does it mean to have a heart that's grateful? all the time so i think it's the the core values that you operate your life from those naturally become your rhythms so if you are somebody who you know uh if appearances are really important to you then you are somebody who's going to have to have the latest and the greatest and the best and do the party up all the way because at your core being that person is important to you and you are, you know, happily exhausting yourself because that's what is most important to you. Um, you know, if you're someone who, if your goal this year has been to become debt free and you are working really, really hard at your debt load and you are all for financial stewardship, then your rhythm is gonna look very different at the holidays than the average American who overspends like crazy. And so I think the other piece of that is you have to be willing to say no to other people, to friends, to family, to the people who aren't going to understand why you're making the decisions that you're making. And our family has become very comfortable with just this is this is the choice that we're make that we're making and you can like it or not like it, but this is what we know is right for our family for right now. And so I think you have to be okay with not doing the people pleasing thing. And that is really, really hard at the holidays. Yeah, I don't know. I think that sounds pretty radical. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, you know, it's sometimes it's been like two years or three years before I've been able to get back and see my family. And because we were having babies at Christmas and we just couldn't afford to buy four tickets to go home to see my family. And so, you know, hey, I love you guys, but... I can't do that this year, and so I'm going to send some gifts, and if somebody would like to come and see us, you are more than welcome to come and stay with us. 
Um, and my family understood that, like, this was the decision that we needed to make, like, this year. Like, hey, grandmas and grandpas, you are not going to be able to go all out crazy and buy my kids tons of gifts because we literally have no room to put them. So that is a very radical um, decision on our part that affects our family. And we just need to be clear about, hey, these, this is where we're at. And please honor and respect that. And so far, it's worked out. <laughs> so, yeah, well, here's here's what I'm not hearing in any of that. Um, I'm not hearing any judgment. I'm not hearing like any rigidity. Like you're not you're not judging anybody else for the way they want to live their Christmas, but you're saying this is, this is what we need to do. And you're, it comes from, as you say, being, being honest and there's a freedom that comes. I mean, you're telling me this is actually possible to live this way. You're, you're telling me that people can actually do this. Yeah. And I just want to like put out there, like follow my favorite like Thanksgiving dinner like I love cooking everything for Thanksgiving like when I invite people to my home I do all the heavy lifting I'm like sure if you want to bring a side bring a side but like I cook for two or three days um Christmas is my absolute favorite holiday of the year I think growing up in Canada where Santa Claus lives like we do Santa big time at our house we also do like baby Jesus big time at our house We watch all the movies, we decorate, we do all the things. We go ice skating, we go sledding, we decorate, we make cookies, we do all of those things. They're always on the list. We do hot chocolate, all of the things to make wherever we're living feel like Christmas because, you know, when you're in the land of palm trees, it doesn't always feel like Christmas. Um, But those things all ebb and flow based on what's happening in our life that year. So for several years my husband was doing like 18 services at Christmas the week leading up to Christmas day so a lot of those things kind of had to shift either around his schedule or he wasn't with us or it was me and another mom and a bunch of kids going and looking at Christmas lights um, and drinking cocoa together and so Again, if they were rhythms, they're things that we wanted to have happen, but they weren't like hard, fast rules. Like on December 21st, this is what we do. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because, again, what I'm not hearing you say is that it has to look this certain way. No. What I yeah, well, yeah, and what I, what I hear you saying is okay. If you know what your values are, right? I was looking. I was desperately looking for another R word to go with rhythm and rules, and uh, so I couldn't come up with it. But so you know what your core values are because you're asking God, right, to help you. Or what's important to you? Because if it's important to you, then maybe it should be important to me. So those rhythms come out of that. But then how it looks. That's where we kind of give up that that. Stead, you know that that rigidity of well, if it doesn't look this way, that it's not Christmas. But sometimes we might be surprised by how it works out. Like you said, well, we w- we know we want to see pretty lights, or we know at some point we want to spend time outdoors, ice skating, or whatever. And maybe because like you're traveling, it's certainly not going to be in a familiar place right. unless you intentionally go there. But you're still going to have that experience. So it's old and it's new all at the same time which yeah. is an interesting concept yes well said 
<laughs> so, yeah, and then the other thing is, no, well, you're the one that said it. I'm just telling you what you said. But um, So, and again, one of the reasons that I think this is so freeing, and I think really if anybody stops long enough to think about it, it's not like it's rocket science, and yet sometimes we need to hear these simple reminders because we're, our lives are so busy spinning out of control. Right. You know, Christmas is probably the the ultimate time to get a grip on these things or, or the ultimate example, because so much of life, we just let happen to us. Right. Um, and, and this is the prime example. Well, Oh, the holidays here. Oh gosh, there's so many things that we need to do. Christmas cards and parties and gifts and blah, 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 blah. Um, and we just kind of let it happen and we get caught up we let it suck us in and we let it define us rather than us taking time to define, well, what do we, what do we want to get out of this season? What's important to our family? Right. Very paradigm shifting, my friend. <laughs> Perfect. That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's why she's here. I told you people that she was going to help us. And there's and once again, there's so much more I want to talk. There's a whole other rabbit hole I want to go down. Um, and I don't dare go there today. So I'm just going to ask at some point, doesn't have to be in the next, you know, Christmas season because that's crazy busy, but there, there's more I want to talk to you about because even this whole subject of getting quiet enough to listen, um, is, is a whole big deal in and of itself. Um, and I would love to talk with you about that, um, uh, maybe in the future. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I will say this on that topic specifically. One Sabbath is a, um, super ancient tradition that I think has is making a comeback because people don't, our, our world desperately needs quiet and the taking the one day off is something that God modeled for us for a reason, not because the creator of the universe needed to take a break, but he needed us to realize that it was important for us to power down, to connect with him. And so I think Sabbath is really important and helps with everything that we're talking about with the intentional piece. And um, on that note, something my husband and I started doing several years ago is we take as much time as we can. Usually it's just an overnight at the very beginning of the year, like within the first week, and we just go away, just the two of us. Um, And it's just a time for us to reflect on the past year and then to not not so much like um, goal set the, the coming year, but just what is it that we did well that we want to take with us into the future? And what is it that we need to learn from? And then what are some things that we're dreaming about for the future? And it's really like a dream, like overnight retreat sort of thing um, where we just spend a lot of time journaling on our own and asking a lot of questions and praying with the Lord and then coming together and talking about all of those things. And so the intentionality piece for us is very much linked to those two things is a regular rhythm of Sabbath, which again, ebbs and flows and looks different week to week sometimes. Um, And then also like really charting out what is it that I I want to intentionally put into the calendar and um, prepare for in the coming year. 
such freedom you speak of, my friend. I love, love, love it. And I love the idea of taking that intentional time at the beginning of the year or even, you know, even sometimes because people will be listening to this, you know, hopefully right before the holiday season. And for for me and for a lot of people I know, um, a lot of times people have that week between Christmas and New Year's, like maybe a little break. They take time off from work. And that's an excellent time to begin to even prepare, right, for that process of, hey, let's Think about this past year, what worked, what didn't work, and what do we want to see happen in the new year? Love that idea. Yeah. Love, love, love it. So you've given us much to think about today. I thank you for that, and and I will. I'll be bugging you in the future to come back because, again, um, there's more to talk about, and I really love the way you think. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Well, you're welcome so much, and thank you so much. And um, we will talk again, but in the meantime, you have a wonderful holiday season. Wherever in the country you end up being, I'm sure it's going to be very blessed. Awesome. Thank you so much, and you have a great season, holiday season as well. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, so we recorded this before Thanksgiving, and can you believe it? Here we are already in December. Crazy! But there's still plenty of time for you to get your intentional holiday on. And you can start by maybe checking out Melinda's book called Obedience Over Hustle. You can find it at her website, melindafuller.com. Now... It's been a while since I've given anything away here, so I think now is a really good time being the season of giving it all. So here's how it's all going to go down. If you follow me at isleofmisfits.com, that's I-S-L-E of misfits.com, I'm going to enter you to win your own genuine match set of Isle of Misfits mugs. Oh, yes. And if you're already a follower, not to worry. I'm going to enter you just for giving me a shout-out on the website. How's about that? The drawing will be held on December 15th, which will give me time to get it to you for regifting purposes. And unfortunately, I can only do this if you're in the United States, but we'll find some other way to make your life brighter because uh, I know I have followers all over the world, which is very cool. So there you go, an intentional misfit Christmas. So keep your eyes open, my friends, for all the beauty and truth that's out there and opportunities to love your fellow misfit. There's plenty of them this time of year. And of course, own your holiday awkward. <laughs>